Da, 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 da. You're listening to the World Famous White Roof Radio with guest number 562 for Monday, August 10th, 2015. Tonight brought to you by IamNotWearingPants.com, MotoringStripes.com, CravenSpeed.com, and OutMotoring.com. Mini performance, speed, and style. It's OutMotoring.com. <laughs> For the ladies, right? <laughs> Arizona, bring the White Roof Radio. Uh, we're talking about uh, Mini Coopers and pants for you on a Monday night, like we like to do. Good friend Todd Pearson. He's here, as always, from MotoringStripes.com. Todd, hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I'm not wearing panties. Did you actually buy that? Uh, I'm not. Hey, I got to check that. Wearing no, it's, it's I, for I'm sale. Ho- I'm hoping Todd's not wearing panties. It's for, it's for sale. Dude, it's for sale. <laughs> I'm going to check that one out. We need one for ladies. Also joining us this evening, a special treat, Mr. Gabe Bridger from MotoringFile.com. <laughs> no, I, I, I always imagine Gabe's theme music playing in my head whenever I introduce him. It's still, <laughs> it's, it's still his ringtone when he calls me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Of course, uh, Chad's joining us as well, head mechanic and uh, uh, Troy Toon, DetroitToon.com. Gentlemen, good evening. Hello there. Yes, How yes. Chad's freshly back from uh, Mini on the Mac in Mackinac in uh, St. Ignace, Michigan. Yeah, St. Ignace, yes. Right. Did you have fudge? Uh, we do have some fudge in the fridge and a uh, whole bag of saltwater taffy. Nice. Two bags, actually. Boom. A bag and a half. They know how to live in Michigan. Let me tell 100% you, hundred percent delight. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So I gotta say, again, as as a as a somebody who uh, spends a lot of time in Michigan, has a house there, et cetera. I this is what like my fourth year in a row missing it, and uh, it looks like an amazing event. Yeah, yeah. It, it really was. I mean, um, <clears throat> it was a different event this year than it was the year before, but it's still very fun in every single way. Um, the drive was obviously longer because we had they actually this year like we're like uh, let's really like try for the record we we need to have everything in place because the first year they're kind of like nah we're gonna try for the record come on everybody let's go you know it's like okay we're really not gonna make it well this year like um we really need to figure out what we're doing and make make this happen so they had camera crews and they had a route planned out to make sure that there was a long enough stretch for everybody to be in a row and then driving across the bridge just kind of was a nice thing but uh there was a big stretch of 75 where there was a a zero marker and guy with a camera and a counter and then a middle marker and a guy with a camera and an end marker and a guy with a camera so that they could actually put all the footage together and look at it and be like yes you actually physically have you know 1400 and 41 cars, you know, and they're all license plated, you know, per each vehicle. Nobody was allowed to pull a trailer behind them or anything like that. They're like, you know, we want you to be in the thing, but you have to leave the trailer here. We don't want to ruin our chances for the the record. And they came really close. I mean, they were within 132 cars this year. Um, So uh, I think it's very, very doable. I think uh, the mini community here in the, in the U S is would love to do it. Um, you know, it, we're we're real close. So not uh, not next year because that's many takes the states. But in two years, you know, everybody should be there. I mean, will be the redo, and it'll be the uh, the the first anniversary reunion of many takes the states twenty sixteen. Yeah, and I think <laughs> uh, I think we could really blow it out of the water because you know for having you know, over thirteen hundred cars this year, um, you know, we could have fifteen or sixteen hundred cars there real easy, and 
you know, really blow the record out of the water. So it's not just like, hey, we made it by one more car or something like that, you know, like really make it happen. So Well and just for the and just for the record so people know, it's not a lot of people mistakenly thought it's the most cars on the bridge, on the Mackinac Bridge. No, that's not it. No. It's the most cars in a continuous parade with no more than two car lengths between them. It's like right. a right. long string of cars. That was the record they were going for. And it's currently being held uh by our brethren in England in minis actually um and i believe if i'm not mistaken they did it in the uh london to brighton run or something like that yeah, right yeah. On. Brighton. yeah. yeah. so uh anyway it's kind of a battle royale between uh, the us and and yeah. england and they still seems seems real it seems does yeah. real yeah so now i think if we if we promote that in 2 years that that's going to get people so when do we when do we begin with the trash talking <laughs> we don't get to trash talk because we lost twice, DB. Yeah, when it, when it, once we win it, I'm sure we yes. can start trash yes, talking. Yes, that's it. Um, you know, I would have to say that Grand Rapids Mini and Mini USA did a really good job of organizing this one-day event. Um, they gave you lots of options of things to do. There were many people that made it a multiple-day thing for themselves, and they were able to get people in and out of the food tent very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and had you know a nice drawing, had things really planned out well, and had ample parking. I mean, ample bathrooms. I mean, everything was top notch this year compared to last year. Um, the only thing that anybody ever said was like, "Well, they should have had some directions on where we needed to go with the actual route." And while it was kind of self-explanatory because you were following the people in front of you, if you lost them due to having to let cross traffic, yeah, you didn't know where you were going. And that first person felt the the pressure of of trying to figure out where to go. But they lost a few cars within the actual record, but there wasn't enough people actually registered this year. So I think in two years, you know, they need to have a a little little map for people um, as well as all of the other things. And I, I think, you know, it has been very well planned event and it was a lot of fun. Um, I do have to apologize to every single person that I actually interviewed uh, there. Um, none of the interviews came out on my little uh, machine. I was uh, too much of in a rush and, and didn't refresh my memory on how it worked and it just didn't uh, record the way I, I thought it should have. And uh, took a lot of really good interviews there and there was a lot of really nice uh, people uh, doing some stuff. There were people as far from Alaska at this event, um, California and all over the Midwest and East coast, uh, Las Vegas and, you know, things like that. Um, so people really did drive a long way for this particular event and try to be part of it. And, um, you know, I think in two years it's going to happen again. So, uh, mini USA needs to have white roof radio part of that event. (laughs) Hey, Chad, were you able to hook up with uh, Charlie Volgerheim from the Motorstorm podcast? I did, I did. We uh, we had an interview with him, which is you know <laughs> gone to the wind and on our end. But uh, definitely check out his podcast because he did interview us and AJ as well, and uh, we talked on his podcast. So uh, we were making some of his uh, co-hosts really jealous because we were all there in minis, um, and and he had a friend there from Germany who uh, was just in awe of all of the minis and. Uh, he was just they were just enjoying themselves immensely and it was good to to catch up with them uh live and in person. So yes. Excellent. Very cool. Very cool. I'm glad everybody had such a great time. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Now that we've got that out of the way, I guess we can move on to other things. Uh we just as we've got Gabe here, we're gonna talk to him a little bit about yeah, obviously news from motoringfile.com, uh his time at Lime Rock at the JCW car. Gabe, are you still with us? 
I am. I am. Excellent. Uh, and then we found some uh, really cool article we want to talk about as well, just BMW Mini Cooper stuff and, um, and uh, whatever else we can come up with in the next hour and change. Before we get to any of that, though, let's uh, remind you guys about one of the fine sponsors here underneath the white roof, uh, our friends over at outmotoring.com. I want you guys to click over there. Uh, I'm going to link this up in the show notes. There's Aaron's added 40 new items to his store. New accessories, uh, suspension modifications, uh, exterior, cool exterior bits like uh, carbon fiber hood scoop, um, license plate frames. I mean, all manner of things. Exhaust, the NM Engineering wheels that are super nice. Gabe, that's the wheels that you put on the company car, isn't it? It is. It is. And they are amazing. Head over to Motor and File to read all about them. Yeah, I might make the image of that car, the image of this week's show. Um, There's those. Exhaust. All kinds of new stuff, all available over at outmotoring.com. Like I said, I'm going to link up this uh, new products page for you guys so it's easy for you to find. Although if you have already clicked over to outmotoring.com, you've already signed up for the email newsletter. So you probably already have the link yourself. Not only do you have that link, but you would also have your 5% discount coupon, which is super duper handy to have. You get any of these items, these 40 new items that Aaron just added, and you can get them all for 5% off. That's a heck of a deal. Click over to outmotoring.com for all of that. Outmotoring.com, mini performance, speed, and oh, how about IBOC adjustable control arms? That's uh, outmotoring.com. Maestro. Oh, wait, that's me this week. Oh, all you. No, 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 I am on my way to Las Vegas. Try Todd's going back to Vegas again. They invited him back. They're going to throw a big, they backed up a dump truck full of money. My home away from home. Come to come back to Vegas. We miss you. By the way, I have an, I have a real estate agent there now. <laughs> I, I was I was going to ask about that pre-show, but that's for that's for offline. Uh, anyway, we click over to motoringfile.com. and Gabe, where should we start? Oh, I mean, let's let's just start with with uh, the JCW. I, mean, I think that was. Let's just jump right into that. Yeah, so, it makes sense, right? It, yeah, it, yeah, it kind of makes does. sense because you were at Lime Rock. We already heard Alex's take, um, and he. You know, his complaints about the Snapchat guy and Bunny Girl from Jalopnik and um, <laughs> the old guys that can't drive a, that can't drive a stick. I, I love I love that. And I've heard I've heard the show and I apologize for not uh, being a part of it last week. I was unfortunately in uh, transit. But um, it's great because that was Alex's first press press event, um, oh. you know, vehicle launch. And I think it's. It's it's of course it's like it's charming and delightful to see his reaction because it was it was sort of my you know reaction maybe in two thousand four or five you know when I first started doing this and um, I think it's any any sort of like that reaction there's there's one of uh, of, of shock and horror mm. in terms of you know the qualifications of some of the folks that are actually writing about these cars. <laughs> and I think, I, and I think it's really important to note that there are a ton of excellent automotive journalists that are incredibly fast behind the wheel, skilled and knowledgeable beyond almost anything you can imagine. They're phenomenal. Sure, sure, sure. But the, the problem is that we as car enthusiasts expect that automotive journalists, all of them writing about cars have a certain level Let's say they hit a threshold of of you know of skill behind the wheel and knowledge of cars, and there are I would say a good ten percent, uh, maybe a little less in any group that don't come close <laughs> that are that are that can't drive stick that you know yada 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 and and what's really interesting is when you're on a a uh, international launch which this was not um, mm-hmm. there's certain cultures 
the Chinese that don't <laughs> drive stick at all. They don't. They they literally do not know how to drive stick. None of them do. Oh. And so you know, and their expectations of you know of of everything is 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 more along the lines of sort of a how do I put this? <laughs> um, easy, easy. Unsavvy American consumer. Ah. There for the food. Ah. So you know, so it's just it's very different. I mean, so for instance, um, when I did the GP launch, the last GP launch, the GP two, uh, I was we were in. Um, I think we were in the the first round, the first wave, and we were and the Chinese were just a, like a, an hour before us. They had already wrecked one of the cars. Oh my! Wow. Oh my! Yeah, yeah, and I mean it was almost impossible because there's no way to wreck it on this track. Somehow they found a wall to do it. <laughs> oh no! Must have so, been I mean, You know, so, I, I certainly don't want to say that none of them can drive, but it was really interesting. So, but I do want to get to the point of the car. Yes, thank you. We're all here. That's why. We're, so, were they all the black G- with red roofs? Uh, no, 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 no. There, there's, there's a ton mm-hmm. of different. Uh, uh, there's no black cars actually. Okay. Uh, few dark green uh, with the uh, with the uh, was it white roof or black roof? Black, uh, I believe. Uh, red with black and gray or what is that thing called? Moonwalk gray. Moonwalk gray. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised at how uh, well the moonwalk gray uh, paired with the red. I like that. Oh, it looks phenomenal in person. I phenomenal. Like I mean, if it wasn't for that, you know, that little lower lip on the front of the car i mean it, don't get it me started be... i just wrapped a uh, a cooper s this week and i cursed i i cursed out loud the designers individually <laughs> uh, uh many times this week over that front freaking bumper well, i could give you their email addresses if you want, <laughs> <but> I think <laughs> that, that would be that would really a misplace of trust on on my part so yeah. anyway or on their part so um so anyway so the car so uh, obviously, that that gray card, like the the moonwalk gray, like I said, looks fantastic. But I think the thing that, and and I've reviewed, you know, it's 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 already a motor file, uh, our our official review. So you know, there's a lot there. But I think the the high level is, it is fantastic. I mean, through and through, this is a car that I think this is the car that we all wanted the R56 JCW to be. This feels like they spent the money and the right. time engineering this car and so there's a couple interesting points that that didn't make it to the review um and talking with product experts from from many right first off many when they developed the cooper s and they developed the suspension and the engine they actually developed the jcw first really and so the the whole point was what they wanted to do was they wanted to create a car basically a chassis and a lot of times um you know, sort of the hard points of the body in white and the chassis and the suspension and the engine and the engine mounts and all these things, they are, they're very expensive to, <clears throat> to develop. Right. And, and so what they did last time with the R56 is they developed the, the Cooper S and then they developed the JCW. But the problem was they didn't have money enough to develop, you know, double the parts and double the engineering and double all this and that for these various components. And therefore, we ended up with an R56 JCW, which when we looked at it was really just – it just had a different engine and different brakes and a slightly different gearbox. That was it. I mean, the suspension was kind of tweaked a little bit, but it was basically the sports suspension of the Cooper S. And 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 purely that was it. And so – what they did with this generation car, it was that they said, listen, we're going to basically 
design the JCW, get it to the spec we want. And then we're going to dial a couple key things back for the Cooper S. And, and they do that because, you know, not everybody wants to live with the rougher ride or not everybody, you know what I mean? There's not everybody wants to live with some of the things that JCW gives you. And they, they released the Cooper S first and then they further honed the JCW. And then of course released it this year. Um, little known fact, another little, little known fact, um, the automatic, which I, I, I think I derided pretty heavily in the, in the review, um, and I would stick to that. It's 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 not a bad automatic. It's actually the best Mini's ever created, but it really takes uh, the edge off the car. It really it really truly takes it from an absolute blast to hey, this is a really nice car. It's a really fun <laughs> fast hatchback. You know what I mean? So yeah. anyway, but there's a couple of cool things about the automatic. One is that <clears throat> if you when you're downshifting, it'll downshift. You go bloom 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 bloom, and it goes down you know pretty fast. Or there's a little trick. You can hold the downshift, and it'll automatically select the lowest gear it can go in. Oh, really? And so, so there's That's little cool. there's there's little facts like that, little tiny things that they sweated with the with the engineering of the JCW that they never had the time or money to do before. And so that's what I mean. Like they, there's just so much attention to detail, and you feel it in the way the car drives, and especially in the way the car's engine, the, the this version of the B48, the way it pulls. I mean, it is um, – it's it's just fantastic. It's addictive. The sound, which I know is is slightly, you know, sort of pumped up in, from the from the uh, active sound, it doesn't – it sounds fantastic. It doesn't matter. Like, windows windows down all the way. Um, you're actually hearing the sound, the exhaust. This is the best exhaust that Mini's ever made oh, except yeah. for the JCW accessory exhaust, which was uh, – which, of course, is available on this car. Um, right. So, in my mind, this is this is it. I mean, this is a fantastic car. Does it have a suspension setup that's as aggressive as a GP2? No, it does not. You know, does it feel as on edge as the GP1 or the R53? No, it doesn't. Um, would you rather live with this car every day? I guarantee you yes. would. Uh, nice. Yeah. Well, and, and that's kind of what, uh, to, to play on what you said about the automatic transmission, and you probably heard what Alex had to say last week about it, was he said, if this is a daily driver for you, Go with the automatic transmission. See, but if it's a weekend car, he says get the manual transmission. He because and I you're disagree about this. Hundred, I couldn't disagree with him more. In fact, okay, that's that. what I wanted to hear your take on that. No, I, I call and I, to, I told him he was a pansy for saying that. <laughs> and I wish he was here to hear me say it again because we were, we were driving in the same car and you know and, and, and he mentioned that I said no, you know you're absolutely that's absolutely insane. Like I I drive a manual in Chicago traffic every day and I've never I've never in my head even under my breath complained about it. You know these these automatics and these manuals that are or I'm sorry these these manuals and these clutches that are on modern cars are so easy to drive right. that there's no like my leg doesn't hurt you know the engagement's so easy like it's so simple it, it, it you know I don't understand how that's a chore for anyone and, and like I said like I am in stop and go every single day for upwards of an hour and uh, you know I'm not. I don't have like some massive left leg. Like I'm not Superman. Like it just, it's not that hard. And so I, I, I told him like, listen, you're buying this car, a mini John Cooper works because you love to drive and you like, you like engagement. If you wanted to buy a car that you wanted to commute in, but was fun, go buy a GTI or go buy a Cooper with an automatic, which is a fine car, which gets way better gas mileage. You know, this car to me has a character that is only, fully realized when you buy the manual. Hmm. Now, Gabe, is the but 
My question is, with the new automatic, is it faster slash quicker than the car with the manual, depending on the driver? Oh, oh no, it's 100% quicker. No, there's there's no question. I mean, if you want the faster car, zero to sixty, it's the automatic every time. And I mean, that's how every every new car, you know, the faster option is always the automatic. Right. Uh, but that's not what Mini's about. I don't think that's what we all buy the Mini for. You know, if we wanted something fast, we'd go well, buy that's a, not what the a Mustang. Enthi- yeah, that's not what the enthusiasts are about either. And, a, and an interesting statistic that you guys got from uh, from the weekend was that of JCWs, uh, what, 60% of JCWs sold are manuals? Was that right? Or was it the JCW Countrymen specifically? So um, so tell me what you uh, what your what your take on that was is that what sixty percent of JCWs sold in the U.S. are manual transmissions? Yeah, and so we we got some really interesting stats. I mean, so so much of it. And to be honest with you, I have so many notes, and I've been traveling since since that um, trip, and I haven't had a chance to sort of um, drop any of them on Motorfell. But but one of them was that <clears throat> for the R fifty six, I believe that it was actually seventy five percent. Were manuals well, and that's uh, uh, here's was an option to buy the two. Yeah, but you know what? They didn't come out with the automatic until the very end of the R fifty six generation. But once they did, though, when they had that option, yeah, seventy five percent were manual in the United States. So all those listening from across the world who look at the United States and and hold that um, you know sort of like that myth that we only buy automatics. I think we absolutely buy automatics in, in most cases, but when we want something that is engaging. For instance, the M5, which BMW only sold as a manual in the United States, we buy manuals, and right. so so seventy seventy five percent on the R fifty six, and total across all JCWs. And this includes the Countryman, includes the Paceman, includes the convertible R fifty seven. It's only sold like three Paceman JCWs. Gabe, come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, the most Paceman I see are JCWs these days. But regardless, um, that was fifty seven percent. So it's super high. Now, I will, I will tell you that the way they launched this car, launching it automatic only, I gar- so um, I'll give you the off the record. I'll give you the on the record and the off the record. Okay. Um, on the record, and it's, I mean, this is, this is why. They had to basically choose one. They had to tool up one. And International looked at this and said, listen, we can't even sell this car in China our fourth largest market and other parts of Asia right. with a manual. Like a literally we won't sell one. Right. And so, and the other expectation was, you know, the, in the U S we sell a lot of automatics. And so combine that total, you know, we should start with the automatic. It's and a bit, it was a business to, case look, for that. And that's understandable. All they had to do is look at the U S the, the largest market at the data. And they would have realized, Oh no, wait a second. Actually, JCWs are mostly manual in the U S and it was a complete toss-up if you looked at it that way. Regardless, they made that call, and subsequently, we have seen we have seen lots of not negative but really bizarre and neutral reviews in the UK press specifically around this. Um, and then, and then, in addition to that, the only JCWs available for, for months, for many months, were automatics. And so, you had a lot of folks coming in driving the auto, and I would guess being sort of kind of talking themselves into the automatic. I, and, and, and frankly, a lot of motoring advisors were probably also saying, listen, I can get you an automatic right now. Do you want that? Or do you want to wait three months, know, four or five months? Right. And most people are going to be like, oh, God, I guess I'll just take it now. And so my fear is that the data will now show that Americans are predominantly buying automatic 
JCWs. When the reality is, a lot of them didn't want to. They just kind of had had no choice, or they they were sort of talked into it by lack of manuals. And so the best the best version of this car, um, I, I don't I don't think will be as popular as, as it should be. Mm. That's because it had a three month head start. The automatic had a three month head start, basically. So. Right. Right, but I'm I'm here to tell you I've I've driven both extensively and the and the manual is if you're vacillating don't even don't even consider the automatic if you have to drive an automatic it's a great car you know if you have like a, a you know issue with legs or some you know there's a there's a lady in your life that <laughs> requires something oh that, that's that doesn't, have a, doesn't have a doesn't have a clutch that's gay you know, at motoringfile.com <laughs> hey, no I mean I, listen how many times have we seen that I know. I know women drive manuals. I mean, God bless them. Like, we're all the same. Men, men and women love manuals just the same. But, I mean, how many times do we see that in, in comments and morning file? Like, my wife refuses to – my wife, my girlfriend refuses to drive it, et cetera, et cetera. And in so, your defense, like, all, yes. All the time. I would agree. All the time in the shop. I would, all I, the time. Yeah. Chad sees that a lot. I see it a lot, too. And I'm about to have a baby. I've got to sell this car. Yeah. Well, why? Well, yeah. because my wife said I had to. It's like, okay. <laughs> I mean <clears> – <throat> There, it's like, you know, really think women, about this. I mean, it's possible. You can do this. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that women are smarter than men, at least me. But, you know, <laughs> I think this is just a truth, <laughs> that there's a lot of pressure put on, uh, you know, the, the fair sex here uh, to go with the automatic at times. So anyway, so th- I think that's the automatic versus manual here. And I don't want to drive a, you know, stake into yeah. the heart of this, right. this debate. But there to me is really only one choice if if you're if you're sort of tossing up either option. Okay, so now tell us about uh, what's different because you're used to driving around the Cooper S with the what suspension does uh, your long-term uh, Cooper S have there? The sport suspension, which is the same as the JCW. Okay, so it does have the same. So there's really no comparison there. There's no difference. In fact, I so so the interesting thing for me was driving these cars with the adaptive suspension, which is about twenty percent less stiff uh-huh. than my car with the non-adaptive sport suspension, which is the stock JCW suspension. Right. So hopefully everybody's still with for me. For 2016. So for 2016. And so, of course, for 2016, you cannot get the sport suspension, the non-adaptive variety, on the Cooper S because they made it exclusive to the JCW. So so really what it came down to, there were two things I felt. Number one, the ride in the, JC, in the JCW was actually more firm I would say, actually, I shouldn't say more firm. It was less forgiving than my car. Okay. And the reason for it, the only reason I could I could determine, besides the bad New York roads, was the fact that it had run flats. My car does not have run flats, and it has a taller sidewall. I went with 215.40s, right. which gives me more sidewall, and it's not a run flat, which allows for, frankly, a smoothing out of the ride that um, the JCW does not have. And so I would I would argue that the best compromise, if you don't mind not having run flats, is to probably spec the JCW with the stock sports suspension, which is the stiffer sports suspension, the stiffer of the, of the two. And conventional and ditch, tires. Yeah, and, and, and just buy, like, the all-seasons. You know, get the all-season run flats. I always recommend people get Take the... Take them off. Because you can get the performance, you can get performance summer tires as a no cost option on that car, can you not? Or is there? Oh, of course, of course. But what I would do though is I would t- I'd get the all seasons, and and if you're in a climate that gets any kind of snow, take those off. Buy your NM Engineering RS12s <laughs> from Out Motoring, which I personally recommend, and go buy some, you know, go buy some some Michelins or something like that. And now you have your summer set, and it looks awesome on that car. 
And then you've got your 17-inch all-season JCWs that are run flats, which maybe you need for the winter. And they're all-season, so they're going to handle snow pretty well. Not as good as snow tires, but pretty well. And there sure. you go. There you go. Yeah. It'll be good enough for, for most climates. So I think, to me, like that's like 100%. That would be my rec- recommendation, unless you live like in western Michigan or Buffalo or like on a mountain where you really need a snow tire. <laughs> okay. So now other things that were different between the Cooper SE drive, other than the horsepower, the brakes are different on this car. So how phenomenal were the brakes on the JCW? So so I would say that this car is dominated by two things. First and foremost, it's dominated by the engine um, because the the torque characteristics are so – I mean, well, it's just flat. It's just like, you know, it's like a plateau versus versus a pretty healthy little little mountain. Right. This thing basically goes up and goes across the, the range, and you have so much power at any time. The sound, it's just so addicting. It just feels fantastic. You, you, you immediately get in it, you turn the car on, and you know this is a JCW. The way the engine fires up, totally different than a Cooper S. It, it just sounds aggressive. I'm sure people will drive it and say, God, I wish this is what the Cooper S should have been like. Well, I don't know. I mean, Cooper S is pretty fast. You know, it's, it's not bad, but this is fantastic. So then that's great. But the reality is what the engineers told me was that they actually built this car around the brakes. Really? They went to Brembo and <clears throat> they they basically gave, you know, Brembo all the specs and they said this is what we want. And Brembo came back with something pretty aggressive. So aggressive in fact that they had to widen the track slightly and widen the wheels so they bowed out. Yeah, if you really look at those JCW wheels that come on there, and you don't see it in a lot of side-on pictures, but in uh, looking down the side of the car, they really do stand out quite a bit. Yeah, they really do. And so so the reason why they do is functional, because the caliper in the front is so aggressive, and it was designed that way to dissipate heat so it does not fade as quickly on the track. Um that you know they had to bow out those wheels so so that's that's the sort of the how it looks but how does it feel um it feels amazing and i you know i've I've driven the gp2 with the six piston uh brimbos uh, on the track and on the road a few times and those are probably technically better Mm -hmm. but these feel as good a hundred percent and a lot of times pistons number of pistons don't really you know that does, doesn't really like something right. all be all right and so I, I my take is that these are probably all around the best the best brakes money's ever made i you know, i think a lot of us thought that the brakes on the gp2 were kind of overkill for for what it was i mean they're phenomenal don't get me wrong but they're <laughs> they're way more than that car maybe needs although if you're really pushing it on the track which the GPD was, you know, right. GPD was designed to be. It was a track car. Then, yeah, there's there can be no too much or too big brakes. So, yeah, no, I think that's totally totally fair. Yeah, well, so, uh, that's yeah. that's interesting. And and speaking of uh, Cooper S, I just this was something that's not in our show notes here. But did anybody see? There was a video somewhere. I think it was a UK video that they took a Cooper S, a standard Cooper S, and did a straight line drag race with a uh, Fiat 500 Abarth, right? Oh, I saw that, and, but I didn't get a chance to watch and it. And the standard Cooper S just obliterated the Fiat in the 0 to 60 quarter and then the one mile. It was so far ahead of it. 
I'm talking seconds <laughs> ahead of it at one mile and top speed. It was embarrassing to the, to the Fiat. Oh, what was that? Oh, found it. There you go. <laughs> That sounded like that. I was like, let's go to the tape. Let's go. Sound effects brought to you by (laughs) CravenSpeed.com. But anyway, it's a kind of a fascinating uh, look in that. And a lot of people who thought the the Fiat Abarth Abarth was uh, such a great car. By the way, it sounds incredible. We oh, uh, the the Abarth sounds amazing. We were next one in um, in Las Vegas, and we were in the rental car, and we were on the strip, and there was this young girl driving it. And uh, we rolled down the window, and I was with Alex, and I think AJ was in the car. And I don't remember. DB, were you in the car with us? I don't think so. Okay, um, we're what? sitting next to this girl. Young, let's throw revs at you from a Fiat Abarth. Well, we rolled down the window and knocked, and Alex started asking questions like, why did, why did you buy this? And did you look at a Mini also? She's like, <laughs> yeah, I looked at the Mini, and this was, you know, I like the looks of this car better. And we're like, okay, we're like, rev the engine for us. And so she was... A perfectly lovely individual. She must have been 18, 19 years old, which was crazy to think about. But the sound of that car, I wanted it just for the sound of it. Now, but then, mean, you, but then you think that you'd have to drive it. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> you'd have to drive around. You know, yeah. I'll be honest with you. It's not the driving of the, of the Abarth because I, I, you know, I've reviewed it on a motoring file. It's actually a really fun car. It's yeah. actually a lot of fun. It's just slow. Um, but it's not the driving. It's the living with. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> Yeah, right. it's not a it's not a good car. No, <laughs> and I think Fiat was at the bottom or near the bottom of uh, of JD Powers this year. Yeah, for I forget the giant uh, recall thing. They just got fined, and I'm I'm telling you guys, if you want a Fiat, I'm a <laughs> get them <quick>. cheap. <laughs> or you're gonna get them cheap and get them now because they're pulling out of the United States here pretty quick. I almost bet. Oh. So anyway, not to hijack the discussion, but that's a good video, DB. You should probably, if you can find that, link it up in the show yeah. notes this week. It's linked in the show notes. Click back over over to whiteradio.com, and you'll find it there. And if you're wanting to read Gabe's full uh, motoring file, the official motoring file, 2016 F56 Mage HW review, uh, click on over to IamNotWearingPants.com. So see, Gabe, now my biggest problem is, is to, to decide whether the manual JCW or a new Clubman is going to be the next vehicle in my garage this year. I mean, it just depends on your your storage uh, storage needs because I mean, a manual JCW is going to be a hell of a lot more fun. Yes, no question about it. I haven't driven the club, and obviously nobody has. But I mean, you know, just you know, physics would dictate that. Right. But I'm keeping the GP, so keep that in mind. And um, good, I've good. been I've been given advice by uh, by the lady. Oh, friend. you know what? Yeah. Well, oh, go ahead. I didn't mean it. Yeah. Well, the the advice that I was given was, why would you have two JCW performance vehicles? And I'm like. Because I can. <laughs> well, what? So here's the question. Here's the why question. wouldn't I? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? But um, so so I asked. Um, in fact, I did. I forgot to give you the um, the uh, um, sort of you know unofficial take on the manual versus automatic. Yeah, we hear that uh, debacle. I think I think there are a lot of folks at many who were pretty disappointed. And there are a lot of, and, and, and many, especially in the U.S., really, really leverages that sort of that manual tradition, and the the amount of manual cars they sell, and the fact that they sell all their cars with a manual, the only automaker to do this in the United States. Right. I think they they really felt pretty bummed that uh, many many of Germany, many worldwide, went with um, went with the automatic. But the other thing that's I think kind of interesting. Is that we've heard a few times that Mini was going to call down the JCW models and maybe make the JCW only available 
on specific cars, like the R fifty. I'm sorry, like the F fifty six, for instance. Maybe the F fifty seven. In fact, I know for for a fact that the next convertible will be also JCW. So, okay, that sounds great. But I heard very specifically that the folks at Mini USA would love to have JCW models on every body style. And so that, to me, makes it pretty obvious that we're going to see AJCW, Clubbin, and Countryman. And we've talked about it on Motoring File for a while. I, a lot of horsepower, most likely, per- perhaps all-wheel drive. And so, Todd, my question to you is, couldn't that be your answer? Yeah, it could be, but then I don't want to wait 18 months. I want a car this year. I want a car before snow this winter, okay? Oh, well, then you're going to have to buy the JCW then because the Clubman won't make it till. Oh, no, no, no. Gym. No, we're, we're, we're told now that the Clubman will be in dealers in October. And, and in the U.S.? I have verified that three different ways now that, in yes. fact— that Wait, when was the last time you verified that? Um, this past weekend. This past weekend. From, that is not what I've heard, but from a high level source. So let's let's double check that and see. But yeah, I am told that um, that at least at the very least, display cars, the Gila cars that will be uh, at dealers will be there in October. Um, our dealer is planning a an event in October and planning on the clubman being there. And uh, I think they'll be for sale before the end of the year, November, December. Uh, no, I think I think so too. But I think that that will be la- launch cars will be at the, at the very very end of the year. Yeah, and you won't be able to like pick. You won't be able to choose yeah. your options on that. Yeah, I think ordered cars won't come till uh, after the first year. But hey, well, listen, I'd love to be wrong on that. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Let's let's see because if it's not going to be a Clubman, I doubt it's going to be a JCW, and it's probably going to be a Range Rover Evoque. So. Oh, much to everybody's much so. to everybody's sadness here. It's too bad. Have to you be might mistaken as... for another day. Well, my only question <laughs> is what what size skirt do you wear? Because I need to go <laughs> shopping. Does, does that come with some paisley pants? Oh my gosh! I mean, I've never seen a man drive that car, so just heads up on that. Really, but you know what? The only women you see are really, really good-looking women, right? No, I can't see them because the belt line's so. <laughs> Todd's usually in the in the cab with them, so you know. That's pretty much it. Uh, let's move on a little bit. There's a couple of stories here on Motoring File we could talk about. Um, um, the Mini rebooting Mini Connected app with less functionality, more sophistication. Has anybody played with the new Mini Connected app? It's not out yet. No, it's going to come out in August, and it'll be mid month. Guys, I have a little bit of insight into this because I did talk to Mini. Um, I had some personal questions about it. So, what happens to TuneIn, uh, Pandora? Stitcher. Spotify, all these apps, exactly, Stitcher, all these apps that we use. They'll still and work. so they're still there. They're not going away. Um, they are going to be, to some degree, decoupled from the app. So when you plug your phone in, they, it still works the way the way it does now. It's just uh-huh. that Mini is going to, if you will, kind of clarify what Mini Connected does. And and it's it's sort of central stuff. So so basically, central functionality. So they're getting rid of like minimalism and all that absolute bullshit that they <laughs> added a right. couple of years ago. Right. And they're going back to sort of the core, some core functionality. And I think one of them is really smart. Just basic, you know, sort of like online search and then many streetwise. Like just just like. Show me how to get somewhere, and then send it to my navigation. Well, and I also like that if you use um, navigation, which the the 2014 F56 that we have in the garage now, 
has the full-on XL system with navigation. And uh, we use it a lot, even to frequent locations, because the dynamic traffic system, and I, I can't, I say this all the time on the show, I'm going to say it again, buy this for the dynamic traffic. What this new connected app is going to do is it's going to realize, hey, you drive to work every day, and sometimes you take two or three different routes, okay? It learns that, and it is going to tell you on any given day what the best one of those routes is going to be for that day. Um, for various reasons. And I think that's it's like it learns, and that's a phenomenal thing. The biggest piece that I don't think anybody has figured out on this now is that everybody, we've talked about the rebranding of Mini. Um, they're coming out with new, you know, the new logos, which we've seen, and the new corporate identity, if you will. The new Mini Connected app is going to be the first appearance of this new corporate identity, from what I know and from what I'm told, this will be the first impl- uh, 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 what do I say um, uh, uh, you, what's the word I'm looking for <laughs> sort of visual the first iteration like, of that being yeah. used okay the whole vi- the basis of it it's going to be different um, so I actually actually that's not so I'm going to throw this other it's actually not totally totally true because if you look at the the, um, the text yeah the actual fonts within the app it's the old mini fonts. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. So I, I don't think they're quite there. I don't think they're quite there yet. Um, from Gabe, what I can tell. Just because you were talking to him about Mini Connected, did you happen to talk about uh, Apple CarPlay? Uh, I did. I did. Did they just kind of? Like, would you guys like to know about that? Yeah. Did they just poo-poo so, that? Did this kind of say, well? No, 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 no. I, I, I kind of dropped a hint on it, I think, on a comment or something. But I, I again, file this under stuff I haven't gotten around to posting yet. Um, yeah, I think they, they reading in between the lines, they absolutely want Apple CarPlay and Google, whatever the hell it's called. It's called, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've got yeah uh, Don't worry about that. So, no, so they, so they, they, they want it in a mini they want that as an option in the mini and by and, and by by them saying that even between the lines it's clear that currently mini is working on that well because i gotta so, say for the technology nerds out there and alex and i have said the same thing we're like you know what i just want to go buy a new gti because it's got carplay like starting this month right they're, they're right. going to be in the dealers and i can't wait to use that and, and why would play yeah with it. why would mini not have it you know i mean right they can still work on all this stuff, they, their own internal mini stuff, and that's great. And you know what? People won't always use CarPlay, even if they have the ability. They right. won't always use it, and right. that's and and so I think I think in in what I heard loud and clear from Mini USA is that we want our customers to have options, and we are very interested in both those technologies. Okay, cool. Well, it remains to be seen. So I- that was. Yeah, that it, was the first like sort of like affirmation in my mind that I'd heard. Well, because I, I just hope CarPlay's not the next diesel. <laughs> and they're talking about it, and then like ten years later, we're still talking about it. Is CarPlay ever going to? I think we should make we should make um, cafe press shirts for DB that just that just have the word diesel and question mark <laughs> the question <Diesel>? mark <laughs> the question mark. Okay. <laughs> and then and I think I think we should do one for every day of the week. Tuesday. <laughs> Diesel? Wednesday. Diesel? <laughs> Thursday. See where I'm going? <laughs> See where you're going, Gabe. 
Oh, gosh. Well, times. Uh, and then yeah. moving on, a little bit more news from Motor Fund, then we've got one more story to talk about. Uh, mini sales down uh, 10.7% in July. And here's the and big the, That's probably because of the countrymen. Well, the biggest point of that is, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Gabe, the last time you were on the show. Here's the real sadness. This countryman's got another year and a half of life left, does it not? Yeah, it's it's another it's another year. I think they're going to introduce the new countryman next in um in Paris yeah. next fall. Okay. So it's imagine it's going to be right. It's going to be one year after. Um, yeah, more year or less. Half. You're right, Todd. Yeah, about more eighteen months. Right. And this and is, so, yeah. does not yeah. speak well for for sales numbers continuing because yes, the F fifty six is going to uh, uh, gain some steam. Yes, the clubman coming out in the next six months is going to help. But, I think the club is going to help a ton. I think that motor advisors are going to be able to steer a lot of folks away from the countrymen into the clubman, and frankly, people are going to be better off for it. Well, and here's the other question too: is that wondering now? We don't have enough data behind us to tell this, but the fact that the four door hardtop exists, I mm-hmm. think that is the first thing that's pulling numbers away from the clubman. One, because it has four doors. Two, because it has the technology and the comfort and the build quality that is in the F series uh, Mm -hmm. of cars. And when you're looking at these two cars side by side, you're absolutely going to choose, you know, the F55, uh, um, you know, four-door. I think, yeah. I think that you still have folks who, like, like a higher driving position and like all-wheel drive. I think think those are the two... um, and that's always going to be the countryman and the paceman until it's dead. Um, well, that's always going to be sort of their claim to fame. But I think one thing, just just I want to speak about this, whole, you know, this numbers being down, ten percent down situation. I've heard from a number of dealers, and I know Todd, you've been saying this for a while, that Mini is um, kind of playing with numbers a little bit. Yeah. By you know by selling, um, sort of creating. I don't even know what you call it, but basically selling demo cars. Well, let's just say there's dealer incentives, okay? It's like um, uh, <clears throat> many will offer, many corporate, let's say many USA, as the company that sells these cars to the dealers. You really think about it, that's what happens. Many USA owns these cars, they sell them to the dealers for X price, and then the dealers sell them and make a profit, okay? That's the very simplistic way of looking at this. Mini USA has options, and every car company does this. This is not just Mini USA. Chevrolet does it, Ford does it, Chrysler, everybody. So they'll go to a dealer and all the dealers and say, listen, hey, this month we really want to push some cars. So we're going to give you an incentive to mark these cars as sold so that our numbers look better. We're going to give you an extra, let's just say, $500 off on on the car or whatever. And this is not uncommon. This is nothing shady or anything that no, Mini does. No, that, that's the key thing. It's not shady. It's no, just, not at all. It's, 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 it's business, and it's the way the car business runs. But I think there's been a lot of it happen over the last year or even more that eventually you have to pay the piper. Because if a dealer goes, hey, listen, I'm going to get an extra $500 off if I mark these 40 cars. I mean, that's ridiculous. If I mark these 20 cars as sold... Okay, and they're technically in limbo, okay, until they sell. But for many USA numbers, they show as sold. So the dealer punches, and I use air quotes there, punches that car. And um, different dealers do this in different amounts, anywhere from, you know, 20 in a month to 60 or, or whatever. And eventually, the dealer sales may be doing very well, but they're paying the piper, if you will, for cars that they punched a month or two months ago. 
and slowly this there has to be some dips and i think what we saw in july was a dip paying the price of march and april of some of that fancy bookwork yeah i i think you're 100 percent right yep yep so it's not it's not doom and gloom it's not as bad as it was it's just kind of you know what it, it's kind of like uh, buying things on credit you're like right. i know i'm gonna make the money and i can make the payments that's not an issue but I'm going to charge up a bunch of stuff this month because, you know, for whatever reason, I'm getting a good deal. This is on sale, so I'm going to charge up ten grand this month. You know, it'll take me a few months to pay it off. Well, when you look at your balance sheet in three months, it looks pretty bad. But eventually it'll level out. So that's as simplistic as I try and, uh, I'm trying to explain it here. So, Well, okay. So yeah. that's that. Yeah. Let's, um, let's take a quick minute between things. And I want to remind you guys about one of the other fine sponsors here underneath the white roof, our friends over at Cravenspeed, cravenspeed.com. I talk about these guys every week. You know why? Because they make awesome things out of lasers and futuristic robot parts. Squeezy thing. And the squeezy thing. Um, we love Cravenspeed. They make really, I, I mean, if you guys don't have any Cravenspeed parts for your car, you're really missing out, even if it's just a stubby antenna. Super nice piece. Uh, the performance springs for the F56 or the F55, the quality intake manifold span spacer, that really bitchin' gear shift knob that I've got on my car. Oh, man, I love that thing so much. It's just awesome. And, of course, the flex pot adapter, a.k.a. the squeezy thing. All of that stuff available over at Cravenspeed, cravenspeed.com. Click over there. Make sure you sign up for the email newsletter. They update you whenever, you know, something new happens on the website, which is totally awesome. Or you just keep listening to us, and I'll tell you when it happens. Um, and then when you go over there and you buy something, when you're checking out, make sure that you actually put a note in the comments there. So thanks for supporting White Roof Radio. We really appreciate that. So do they. They, of course, being our friends over at Cravenspeed, cravenspeed.com, home of the electric mini. Boom. Boom. So, last thing tonight, our man Todd found this story over at Automotive News, um, and it's basically a, a BMW explaining why less is more for the mini brand. Yeah, and um, Gabe, what's your take on this? Because I think this is the one, what really stuck out to me was at the first time when uh, board member um, Peter Schwarzenbauer uh, basically said the pavement is dead. <laughs> it's 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 actually his official title is the Schwarzenbauer. Yeah, <laughs> the Schwarzen um, right. No, he's 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 actually a he's actually a, a, a super sharp guy. Great, absolutely. I've heard him speak a, a few times, and um, and I think his you know it's it's interesting. I mean, so we we've, we've we've seen three generations of Mini, and we're into our third. But really, what they're doing is they're setting themselves up to be successful in their third and then fourth. And so what they've done is they've learned about expansion. They know that the, the brand has to expand to be healthy. And they've learned with their expansion how to how to sort of sustain this brand. And, and there, there's two things that stand out to me in this, in this piece. Number one, yes, Mini is going to reduce models and we're going to cut them down to five. Well, the reality is it's not really cutting a lot. Right. Kind of just cutting, yeah, we're cutting out cars that for the last uh, for the month of July sold less than 400 units total in the United States. Well, so let's think about this for a second. So we used to have the R56, the R57, the yeah. R55, the R60, the R61, and then the the 50, twins, 58, the, 59. Right, right. So, so basically, so, we're cutting two models, and so when you think about it. Really, the coupe. The coupe was the the loser in sales, right? 
Right. So you got the coupe. And I'm, I know this is not what they're going to do, but I'm just saying, you know, we're not that far off. And the pacement. And so right. suddenly, if you, even, if, even if we stuck with our, our models forever and you went to this five model, you know, sort of position, mm. you could do that by just cutting the coupe and the, and the pacement and being right. fine. The problem is if they had done that, they'd look at that and say, well, that could be okay. But the R60, which is a big breadwinner, like we're not spinning enough off that platform. And so, looking at today's models, the F models, right. so they're going to spend they're going to spend plenty off the UKL UKL platform, including BMWs, and there's the UKL Plus, which is the, the you know BMWs, which is going to be also the Countryman and the Clubman. Right. And so, what it does by going to this platform that's shared with BMWs is it opens up a lot of options for what is that fifth model, because what they're going to have as of next fall is the F56, the F55, the F54, the F57, and the F60. Okay. And so the question is, and this is the big question, that's five models, right? Yeah. They've already spoken about the fact that they want to do the Superleggera. Right. Badly. Badly. They've already they've spoken about poten- potentially um, – you know, going in with Toyota and doing the city car. Right. My, my guess is that they're going to be able to say, we'll have five core models and anything else will be just sort of a offshoot. And so I really believe that the super Legera is, if it happens, it'll be considered an offshoot. Yeah. And the, the Rocketman will be 2020 at best. Right. Hmm. And so, you know, and I think I think their perspective is we can we can limit the models, but we can make the models better, and and by clearly defining the value prop of each within the showroom and within advertising, we can actually be more successful. Well, it's interesting because basically <clears throat> the point of this it started out to be this article, and DB should link it up in the show notes was that uh, a lot of companies are diversifying. And it, for a while, it like many was diversifying to the point where we're going to have something for everybody. And now they're going in the other direction. They're kind of trimming it down. And I think maybe that's a simplistic way of looking at it. But I think many looked at it and said, listen, we know what sells. This is what people want. And so we're going to focus on this. And like you said, Gabe, we're going to focus on making these better. And I think the first step in that is going to be when we see the new Clubman, how mm-hmm. we're told, and, and I think Pat McKenna told you um, last weekend also that the interior quality in the Clubman is like 7 Series. And I've seen him quoted as saying this. It's like 7 Series kind of level uh, luxurious on the inside. Right. Next, last generation. I, I, yeah. I totally no, – he's right. I mean, I, I've, I've not – I've heard that from him, and I've heard that off the record from a few other folks. Yeah. So I I think that's the next step in making the car up to a, a, a different level of sophistication, and I think that goes with the new uh, rebranding of Mini or the new brand identity, if you will. It's going to be a little more sophisticated, a little more elegant, if you will. I don't want to call it luxury because, you know, even though – Man, I saw one dealer said we have nine luxury brands in our stable, and we just have many now. Like, uh, like they just added many, and they sell everything from Jaguar, Land Rover, uh, Porsche, 
Mercedes, and now they added a Mini dealer, BMW and Mini. And I, I, I just started scratching my head a little bit, thinking Mini is, uh, it's always been a premium small car, but it's never been up there in that that classification, I don't think. And I'm wondering if there's just going to be a shift towards Target for this company. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there is. I mean, that's 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 right. I think I think here that shift in tar- that so the success of that and the execution of that will depend on the market in in Germany and in the UK and in France, et cetera, places where very historically speaking, people have bought small cars for years. People have been buying minis right. in mass in Europe since the fifties. In the United States, it's been an oddity. Until right. twenty until twenty oh two, so so they they have a lot of experience, and so it's so so they are. You could look at that market and say it is a mature small car market to the point that there are people who only buy small cars, not because they, that's what they can afford. That's just what they want, right? And so they don't need a cheap small car. By the time they're successful and thirty, forty, fifty, whatever, they actually want a a, a premium luxurious small car and mini is going to be and and along with volkswagen audi and mercedes there to satisfy them and so that's great and to me the 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 concepts the strategy that Mini's really sort of shifted into which in a lot of ways is a better interpretation of where they were five years ago frankly it's Mm -hmm. not that different it's just a better interpretation i think it's going to mean something different in Europe than it will in the United States. I think in the United States, it's we still have the reality of what a small car is and what it means to a lot of folks. And that will not change overnight. It is changing, but the you know, but it's 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 not going to be in twenty sixteen a, a three sixty change to what right. it was in twenty fifteen. A small car, primarily speaking, is a car that you buy because you can't buy a larger car. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Right. That let's be honest, that's that is for like a lot of Americans, that is the expectation. Right. And that's okay. a shame. I, I I fully believe that that's wrong, but like, you know, that's that's a lot of people's like that that is their opinion. And many has to fight that. They have to define their brand as not a small car. It's the right choice for somebody who's intelligent, who wants more, but also less. And yep. it's getting more premium. Yeah. Yep. I like that. I like it. So right. yeah, I, 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 yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I mean, I, I love the new strategy. I love the look. I love. I think the products are finally really coming into their own. The chin, notwithstanding, <laughs> I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be really cool to see. I, I think minis are, are better now than they've ever been. I love the Cooper S I have, and I'm 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 loving it more every day. I think the JCW was fantastic. Um, I do have a great story which I'll have to share with you in the next podcast about um, uh, blowing the engine in in a JCW, which I haven't told anybody about. Really? You blew uh, yeah. the engine, Gabe? Well, I don't know. It smoked and it it was it was. <laughs> let's just say it was deteriorating. It's not your fault. <laughs> no, it was it was just there was a software glitch actually. Yeah. It was pre production it was pre production pre production software unfortunately. But regardless. <laughs> uh, that aside, you know, I, I I'm super excited to see what happens with it and I think that um it's you know, we're we're finally at a point where I feel like Mini has got a lot of what they've needed in order to actually be like as a standalone brand successful. 
Yeah. I think I think it, to me it just it it just kind of feels like to me like oh yeah they noticed. You know? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I but I think with I think pretty much with that I think we're just about finished. I think we are. I think we are. Gabe, thanks for thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us again, Mr. Bridger, as always. Oh yeah. yeah. No, it's a, it's a pleasure. I, I I I longingly think about Thursday nights and you guys and I'm traveling or I'm not available. So it's fantastic to to actually be a part of it. Awesome. Uh, that's awesome. Thanks, sir. Uh, I want to remind you guys about motoringstripes.com. Motoringstripes.com. Somebody needs to. No, I'm not going to say that. Uh, click over to motoringstripes.com. <laughs> that's where you get Todd's stripes. Somebody needs to support his Vegas habit for crying out loud. <laughs> you can say that. That's all right. Those did. Um, the Sonar Graphics, the Countryman Bumper Protection Strip. If you want a white roof radio Sonar Delete Kit, message Todd through the website. If you are looking for the F56 Countryman uh, Bumper Bump. Protection Strip, Message Todd through the website, and he'll get you those taken care of. He's going to add those to the site here very soon, so you can purchase them easily. And uh, make sure you use the coupon code of fifty fifty. Save yourself fifty five percent, fifty percent. Save yourself five percent on your order from Motor. <laughs> killing me, man. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, not fifty percent though. It's only five percent. Motoringstripes.com. You know, because blank is boring. Go over there, check it out. Uh, otherwise, we are done. I want to do a quick shout out. We've got uh, listeners from places that I, I don't know who these people are, but a uh, shout out to our listener in Israel. We have one. Uh, that's a new. Uh, we've got a listener now in Hong Kong. Thank you very much for listening. That's awesome. And, 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 and those of us around the world, keep us honest as, as a bunch of silly Americans. Tell yes. us, tell us, tell us you're crazy or smart, one of the two. But we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because besides the United States, obviously we get listened to in a lot of spots. Uh, our friends to the north in Canada, everybody in Canada listens to White Roof Radio. Uh, the UK, naturally, Australia. We've got a big, huge listening base in Australia. Shout out to the Aussies. Uh, Japan. We have a big listening base in Japan, for reals. Germany, Portugal, France. We're all over the place. We are, as I like to say, world famous. And hey, we got a couple new uh, reviews over at iTunes. If you nice, like the show, go over to iTunes, search for Mini Cooper, find us, and uh, leave us a leave us some nice kind words there. Yeah, we really appreciate that stuff. We really do. Uh, anyway, this is the part of the show, gang. We are done for the night. Uh, thanks again to our man Chad as well. Detroit Tune, DetroitTune dot com. Send in those questions to our man uh, if you want them answered. Ask Chad at WhiteRoofRadio dot com. I think we're gonna have some time to do some Ask Chad questions next week. So if you want to get one in the queue, do it up. Ask Chad at WhiteRoofRadio dot com. Then go visit DetroitTune dot com and buy yourself something nice, please. There you go. Uh, but for that, otherwise, we are done for the night. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. This is the part of the show where I like to make the funny clicking sound. And then I say, questions, comments, or concerns, go ahead and click back over to whiteroofradio.com. There you can leave us a note in the show notes. You can also email us feedback at whiteroofradio.com. Until next week, gang, this is Stevie. I'm done. Cheers. Good to see you.